another week of exciting college football action is in the books. There were some wins, there were some losses, there were some upsets. But, my friends, you know what that means. Another episode of Running for the Roses, a Rose Bros production podcast. I am joined by the illustrious team of color for commentary of Ryan the Greek Bathalukas and Lucas, no, he's not Greek, Rody. <laughs> Fellas, how do we feel this week? Feeling good, Patty. Feeling good. Another week in the books, uh, another step closer to the playoff and conference championships and a very meaningful week. So looking forward to getting into it with you guys. Lucas, how are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. Uh, Standard time sucks um, for you people out there. You smart people of Arizona who ditched the stupid freaking tradition of turning your clocks back every year. Um, Yeah, that is my TED Talk. That is all. It sucks for us, man, because like this is the week where all the sporting times changed by an hour. Yeah. So, like the NFL games were on at 11 a.m. local, not 10. Uh, Monday Night Football is on at 6:15, not 5:15, and so you're just kind of getting used to like, all right, now we're only two hours behind East Coast. It, it it is weird, like you guys just you just change time zones. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone else is our morons and follow this <laughs> stupid thing. Yeah, us. It's like us, uh, like a county, a couple counties in Nebraska, like yeah, Alaska and Hawaii don't do it. Yeah, Um, but I'm yeah, and the same thing like yeah, in Indiana. Yeah, when you can't you can't farm anything in you know Alaska and and you shouldn't farm anything in Hawaii. So, all right, so yeah, daylight savings time is awful, but we had an exciting week of college football, guys. Um, I'm still kind of recovering from whatever disease tried to kill me last week, so. Boys, what? it really wasn't that bad. I was just tired. Um, why don't we talk about – why don't you guys give us some some breakdowns of yeah. some big games? Huge upset in the Big Ten. We didn't think Purdue could do it, and, well, let's be honest, they definitely did. Two um, of us had, had money on Michigan State, Patrick. Thanks for that. Hey, I didn't tell you to bet money on Michigan State. Like, I did not ask you to bet against the world's biggest drum. I didn't ask you to do well, that. Well, that wasn't on me. Well, who knew that? Um, uh, so for me, like, there were two. Oh, go ahead. I, I'm just going to say there's two things that really stand out about this week. I think one, obviously, the two upsets, Wake and Michigan State, two of the remaining six unbeatens go down. Um, and then the other one was kind of the teams at the top with near misses. I mean, Alabama won by six against LSU, an LSU team that is not good and has had a ton of injuries. You know, Oregon beats Washington by 10. It was a one-possession game all the way up until the end of the game um, when Washington basically lost the game on a on a safety, on a weird punt call by Jimmy Lake, and we'll get into him at some point soon. But, you know, Oregon struggles. Ohio State beats Nebraska by 9. Cincinnati beats Tulsa by 8. It was not a great week for teams 2 through 6 in the playoff poll. Georgia looked great as always. Um, but I think my takeaway is that middle, that two to seven range in the rankings, there's a lot of flex there. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was something to hold, especially just LSU kind of playing with their food against LSU. I think the biggest, the biggest thing just for me, just point wise, is just Cincinnati. Um, this was really the third week in a row that they just failed to really dominate an opponent. And this game against Tulsa, I mean, they live, Cincinnati has the ball to kill the clock, and they fumble it at their own three-yard line. And then Tulsa basically 
cannot get in because their quarterback, instead of diving in the end zone, slides in. Um, so I think we're, I think we've seen this year that even though it's been a little bit unpredictable, we still have kind of those same top teams. But I think besides Georgia, it is really just you could mix all those teams up, and uh, I think you would get uh, basically the same outcome with some of them. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, now, Ryan, you uh, you seem to have the market cornered on Pac-12 analysis. Is there any analysis you want to give us, particularly on the Conference of Champions? Is there anything you want to talk about, particularly? Yeah, listen, I mean, I'm 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 zero five betting ASU games. I think that's the biggest thing to happen in the back in the the conference this year. Um, no, I mean it was it was a big week for Utah. I mean, Utah started off on Friday absolutely smashing Stanford, rushing for over four hundred yards. Um, and you know, I think we got to give a kind of a shout out to Jed Fish and the Arizona Wildcats getting their first win in twenty five months. Since October of 2019, they beat Cal. The fans rushed the field. Um, how many fans were there? It wasn't a lot, but uh, kudos was, to Jed. It, it was actually seven. Um, There's actually an entire Tucson-wide group chat. Um, I told them I was not going. <laughs> um, Both winless teams, actually. The only two winless teams in, in FBS. UNLV also won, so no more winless teams. Um. Oregon State, Colorado was a was a crazy one. The Oregon State kicker nailed a sixty yarder, sent it to overtime, and killed a lot of under bets for people. Um, but o- Oregon State falls in Colorado, which was surprising. Listen, it was another topsy turvy week in the conference. I mean, at this point, you know, we're fully expecting the Pac twelve to have at least nobody with at least one loss, more than one loss. You know, I, I Oregon has to play Utah maybe twice. Utah seems like they're finding their footing and. ASU, we just have no idea. I mean, a, a good performance against USC. Um, Rashad White was the Pac-12 Player of the Week, um, and two can, tough road games. Can we stop to just appreciate the Arizona State run game for a second? Like, for a team that plays out west, that has always been kind of a you know under Norvell's system. Yeah, they ran the football, but that was really just for show. You know, in, in a conference that really loves the air raid, are we seeing, especially like a team like? Oregon, who's very physical, can we just appreciate like the like commitment to just like fuck you? We're gonna run the football, and we're gonna run the football until you can show us you can make us not run the football. Like, can we appreciate that real quick? Yeah, I mean, one, I think Herm and Marvin Lewis come from more of a pro background and more of a pro run the football, control the clock. Um, They've recruited some good skill guys. I mean, they have three good running backs. The receivers have been a little. Um, disappointing this year. I think Jaden's been a little disappointing, but they can go back to it, and that's that's important. That's going to travel. They got two tough road games this week in Seattle and in Corvallis next week. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's a kind of a throwback, old school, almost like a, a Big Ten team. Kind of, dare I say Illinois like Lucas? <laughs> it is our favorite team on this. Row the bay, the yeah. over the over. Cashed, baby. Illinois over three and a half wins. Never a doubt. They beat how how is this for the Illinois? Okay. You beat Penn State on the road. You lose to Rutgers at home. And then you beat Minnesota on the road. They've beaten two top twenty teams on the road with the loss to Rutgers sandwich in between. Does that does that speak to I mean, we can talk about (laughs) Brett Bielema's lack of success at Arkansas, but does that speak to like how good of a coach he was? with Wisconsin where like he seems like whether talent wise he was outgunned in every one of these games that they won but 
does that mean he's preparing, he's understanding, his play callers know what they're doing? Or is it just dumb luck? Uh, I don't think it's dumb luck. I think it took them a little bit to kind of get to know their roster, being a new staff. Um, I know defensively they've changed uh, a decent amount um, just in the last few weeks. I think offensively they just found their identity. They don't have any good quarterbacks, so they're just going to run the football as much as possible. And against teams like Minnesota, who is uh, very injury-riddled, especially at the the running back position, Um, and Tanner Morgan's just really struggled all year. I mean, he was not good again. Um, So I don't think it's dumb luck. Maybe the game against Penn State, I think they kind of got the benefit of a look ahead by Penn State, but um, I think I think it just shows you he's building the culture, um, you know, right there. I mean, just this is a few weeks away from you know when we thought he was kind of bailing out on his team, basically calling out his roster, saying there wasn't a lot of guys played, and all they've done is had two major road upsets um, since then. So I think um, he's building something. I think you have to be really encouraged if you're an Illinois fan where they're where they're headed. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd have to agree. So much Illinois talk. So much Illinois talk. <laughs> Every pod, it's a mandatory. It's a mandatory but thing. Isn't Illinois? Isn't Illinois one of the most fascinating programs we've run into? Like, they they have no reason to be good, but yet somehow they are. Um, speaking of fascinating teams like Nebraska, three and seven. Yeah, guarantee their. It could easily be seven and three. Yeah, um, yeah could... Lucas. You're kind of the Big Ten guy there. What are your thoughts of uh, – as a Wisconsin fan, are you excited to see Scott Frost back for your five? Well, like, that's a given. Um, I mean, we – I mean, he hasn't beaten us. And since he's been there – I mean, Nebraska's only beaten Wisconsin once since they've joined the Big Ten. But don't even count against us. I think I saw he's four and eight in his tenure against, I think, Purdue, Illinois, and Minnesota. Uh, teams that you would believe to be kind of the bottom of that division, and he has a below 500 record against them. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too shocked with the announcement today saying that they are going to stick with him for one more year. I think kind of like Harbaugh at Michigan, the alumni and the fans really, really want to make this work. And I think this is just, I mean, he took a pay cut. Um, they're hoping that he can use that to get better assistance. He fired his entire offensive staff. Um, with two games left. So we'll see. I, in my opinion, though, if you're in year four, like you can't, you can't be having stuff like this happen. The close losses, stuff like that can be encouraging in year one or two, but by year four, this is, I feel like this is just who you are. Yeah. And, and they have a new athletic director. I just, Scott Frost, their native son. I don't think their AD wanted to make a, like a move by firing him without giving him a shot, at least under him. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing that right now. Uh, obviously, Dan Mullen's kind of going to the same situation. He just fired his defensive coordinator after they got absolutely boat raced on the road by South Carolina. Um, I still can't believe that happened. They get yeah. lost by 30 points. Um, and then same with Jimmy Lake. We were just kind of talking about him out in Washington, him firing John Donovan after just kind of an awful performance against Oregon. But uh, – yeah, otherwise, I mean, staying in the Big Ten, um, obviously Purdue-Michigan State was the big one. We talked about kind of Scott Frost's stock going down. 
I mean, we were down at Jeff Brom, I think, a little bit going in, but he is kind of back to where he was a couple of years ago. I mean, Ryan, kind of what are your thoughts on on Jeff Brom there at Purdue? Yeah, you know, there was there was the really good, I think, his second season when they beat Ohio State. Like, um, they're they're giant killers, man. I sent a text to you guys. I was like, should we rank Purdue number two in the country? They got a win, two top five wins. Um, it's impressive. Um, you know, Michigan State. It was weird. Like the line was two and a half, three. We both took it. We both locked it up. And you wondered, like, God, that's a, such a short line. What are we missing? And we forgot it was probably the hangover game. I mean, you just got done with Michigan, a big uh, emotional, you know, rivalry win. And yeah, you got to go to Purdue, pesky Purdue, and and man, they can throw the football. I mean, David Bell is a star. The quarterback played really well, Plummer. Um, so it was Aiden O'Connell this week. It was Aiden O'Connell this week. Oh, gotcha. Oh, sorry about it. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Walker had another good game, but, you know, in the end, Michigan State, some of their injuries and some of the deficiencies uh, that we shot, we, we saw Michigan exploit, um, Purdue took 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 full advantage of. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about the Nebraska, someone had kind of brought up, they said, do the other big jobs open influence that decision? Like, ne- Nebraska sees LSU open, Nebraska sees – um, USC open, Nebraska sees Florida maybe opening, Nebraska sees Virginia Tech maybe opening, and Nebraska's like, all right, we can fire our coach, we can try to like get the fourth or fifth best guy out there, or we give Scott Frost one more year, and I think that may have played a part. Yeah, and I think uh, going off that point too, Ryan, I think the great thing with Scott Frost and why you want him to succeed is because if he, he succeeds, he's going to stay there. Um, Scott Frost is probably not going to take another college job at all. Um, where I think now, uh, you know, Nebraska, just in the landscape, any other coach, I think if they have success there, if they don't have ties there, they're probably going to leave yeah. to another program because Nebraska just isn't a national power as it was once. No, and you're, I think you're absolutely right. At Nebraska, I think we talked about it last week, Nebraska isn't the brand that it used to be. Like, no one's like, man, I'm going to Lincoln. Like, what? No. As someone who was born in the Husker State, like you fly well, over yeah, when you're going they, someplace important. And we, well, like, we talked about how their inability to kind of they them trying to be an SEC school doesn't help. Yeah, well, and they were trying. I even read an article uh, by Mitch Sherman of the Athletic, basically just detailing a lot of the dysfunction. And you know, people from Nebraska don't even want to go there. Their top four recruits out of Omaha this year didn't even go visit Nebraska. And committed. It wasn't like they weren't good recruits. They committed, I believe, to Mizzou, Oregon, Oklahoma, um, and Texas A&M. So it's it's affecting everything there. And you know, like I kind of hope they're good because I think it's good for the Big Ten. It's good for I think college football in Nebraska is good. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, they could even make a bowl game this year, which is which is insane. All right. So moving past kind of some recaps, we talked about some things. Let's talk about the thing that almost made Ryan cry last week, which was the idea of the college football playoff. We had our first ranking. Um, yeah, there was some, uh, there was some, uh, some, some, some heat, as it were, put on the, on the kind of the the the, the overall kind of outcomes. Um, <laughs> Georgia came out at number one, Bama two, Oregon 
four, Michigan State three, Ohio and Cincinnati falling five and six. Guys, are they doing it right? Or is this just a way to talk themselves into letting Alabama be in the playoff? Lucas, you want to start? Because I'll I'll take it home. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, just looking at it, it, it drove me nuts, especially with Bama number two. I mean, their best win is Ole Miss, which is good. But then they also had a lot. I just feel like they're just not counting their loss to Texas A&M. And they ranked every other team in the SEC West um, very high, um, basically to help uh, juxtapose Alabama's position, not only now, but also for their future wins. I mean, they still got um, Auburn still on the schedule, too. So it's frustrating. I was frustrated Cincinnati was number six, even though the way they played this weekend, they might fall. Um but I am interested to see where it is, especially the way Bama looked at, against LSU, a very below-average LSU team um, who probably should have beat Bama uh, in their own backyard if uh, Max Johnson could have com- could have completed a pass there uh, at the end of the fourth quarter. But it's the same shit. They, they want their teams in. It's made up of majority Power 5 people who directly benefit from having these teams, even if it's not their school, in the playoff. Uh it's just a joke, and it's the worry I have, like, even if they expand to 12. Um, I think you're still going to have the seven. Instead of being with the fifth and sixth team, you're going to see it with the, the 13th and 14th team, and they're going to do everything they can to get the to keep the little guy out. And I know, Ron, you had some, uh, some, some, some words, I'd like to say. I will leave the floor to you, too. I went so far as to say, like, why are we playing the games? If, if the yeah. thing is the four best teams, if we're going to put Alabama 2, with a loss to, at the time, an unranked AM team, with the best win being Ole Miss um, over Oregon, over Michigan State, which each had top uh, top 10 wins, mm-hmm. over Cincinnati with a top 10 win and was undefeated. Like It's clear what Patrick said is like they're gearing up for the SEC to get two teams in, right? Yeah. If Georgia makes the title game unscathed, they are in no matter what. If Bama has one loss and they play a somewhat competitive game, Bama will be four or Bama will be three to avoid a game against Georgia, basically, in the first round. So that's what they're doing. And for as much parity and as much excitement and as much uncertainty as we've had this year, let's face it, Lucas, we're probably going to end up with Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and probably Oklahoma. I mean, that's probably going to be the four. And life is a – life finds a way, you know, but (laughs) – you know, and, and I think, Lucas, what you brought up, it's not just where they ranked Alabama, Cincinnati. It's where they ranked the other teams that could help those teams, right? Mm-hmm. You you know, UTSA, group of five team unranked, SMU unranked, Houston unranked, unranked. Mississippi State ranked, Ole Miss 15, A&M 13. Um, you know, Arkansas is probably going to be ranked this, you know, like whatever. Like they are, they skew the board for the power five favor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to like fast forward to what happened, what need, does Cincy need to, I mean, Cincy needs Bama to lose probably to Auburn. Cincy needs Ohio state to lose in the big 10 championship game. And and then you have a chance. Meanwhile, you know, Oklahoma sitting over here nine and oh, like, Hey, remember us? Like we're, we're still here, you know? <laughs> and they purposely put Oklahoma there just so that Oklahoma could like get built up. And it's like, even if their wins don't get any better, um, well, and Oklahoma's schedule does tighten up here at the end of the year. But, no, it's just 
I mean, it's frustrating. Then you hear Gary Farda, the AD for Iowa, what, explaining why Cincinnati is so low ranked. And he's just like, well, outside of their, you know, their top 10 road win against Notre Dame, who they beat by almost two scores, he said they haven't played really anybody. And it's just like, yeah, what are you doing? So, like, to me, it's just like Cincinnati, yes, they they have struggled these last few weeks. Um, and they should be punished accordingly. But it's also like they should also be rewarded that they've won all their games, which Alabama – because they, they lost it's hard to win all your games back on the road. Yeah, it's, it's hard to win all your games. Like, look to all these teams that lose to unranked teams. Like, it's hard to win all your games. And I think what Lucas and I, what what really upsets us is like, you know, Alabama plays against a bad LSU team, beats them by six points at home. Like LSU is legit bad. Like they are injured all across the field. They fired their coach three weeks ago. They're not good. They're going to struggle to make a bowl game. Bama doesn't get penalized for only beating them by six, but Cincinnati's going to get penalized more for beating a Tulsa team by eight. Yeah. And listen, if if Tulsa played LSU, I take LSU. I get that, but you almost have to be perfect every week if you're a. I mean, UTSA is undefeated, but they win over a Power Five team on the road, and they are not ranked for, what, <laughs> for mean, no reason. For like, no reason, there were six undefeated teams left in the country last week and they didn't rank one of them <laughs> and by the way utsa had another big win this week at utep so we'll see so, i mean tomorrow what it'll be interesting to see. i think it'll be interesting tomorrow to see where everything goes obviously michigan state's gonna drop but i think relatively it's gonna stay the same wake forest will drop out of the top 10 but do so does alabama drop at all no I don't think yeah. so. I think Georgia one, Bama two, Oregon probably three, Ohio State four. State four, yeah. I think that's probably it, right? The two people move up or the you know two teams behind. They, and then I bet they put Michigan over Cincinnati. Michigan, yeah, Michigan five or six. And then they keep Cincinnati at six. Oh boy, yeah, that's so, it. So, so they can get there like, ah, just kidding. Just kidding. Or, yeah. or they bought Cincinnati and they put Oklahoma above them, even though Oklahoma didn't even play last they were, week. They were by. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's it's a freaking crapshoot. It is what it is. I just hope like these teams force the committee's way where they like either Alabama loses before the the SEC title game, um, or Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State has um, they have Purdue. I don't think they're going to lose Purdue, but they still have Penn State and they still have Michigan. Or not Penn State. They still have Michigan State and Michigan on their schedule. Um, and the same with a lot of those schools. So Michigan has to go to Happy Valley this week to play uh play penn state so we'll be interesting to see how the board uh gets up there but um watching freaking tennessee gets ranked in the top 25 this week too to help out but yep anyways we'll be interested to see how that the chips fall this week i'm just happy i don't watch that damn show anymore i just see the rankings when they come out because i just can't handle the hour-long discourse well so i like i like turned it on and i was like okay the program's almost over Give me the top six. And it's like, great. But then it was like, every time they like released a pick, it was like, oh, and this team's good. And it's like, why, why, why bother? Like, uh, if we're just selling an hour of TV, then we're selling an hour of TV. So, um, so Ryan, every week, Tuesday at five o'clock, how is your blood pressure? I think that's what the listeners really want to know. You know what it now, see, I'll be fine moving forward because now I just, I know what it is, right? Like, you know what it is. 
the first rankings are like, all right, what are they going to do? Who's going to be where? We know Alabama is not going to be penalized for a bad win. Uh, they'll stay at two. Um, we'll probably know everyone else moves up. Michigan State probably is seven or eight. Wake Forest will be in the teens, 13 to 15 probably. And, sure. um, you know, I'm I'm okay now, Patrick. Thank you for asking. Okay, you good? You good? You don't you don't have any issues? Okay. All right. Well, so, honestly, like you just gotta let the season play out. But I feel like if this is if this is the case that we all predict, you're gonna see freaking Armageddon. But that also might be that also might be the trigger for us to just screw this and we go to twelve in two years. It's what happened the last time Alabama pissed people off in the BCS. So yeah. Well, yeah. So. So, college football playoff rankings, again, they're a joke. I don't understand why we do them so early either way. Like, just tell us who's in the playoffs so we don't have to sit here and do that. Imagine if they did a NCAA bracket reveal every Monday ah. from, like, from, like, Valentine's Day till Selection Sunday. Was like, like, that's what this, this is. The, this, is, this is the bracket. It seems so strange to me. Like, imagine the NFL releases, like, here's the official playoff rankings. Here's the official, like. No, everything's going to change. Like what? So everything's about money. It, it's it kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. Well, college basketball does it now too. They release like right. early seedings in like February. Well, yeah. but like but like that's ESPN paying Joel Lenardi a bunch of money to be like, "Well, well." So, like I get it, but it's kind of like my thing with college basketball's always been we pretty much know who like 40 of the teams are going to be, right? Like you just kind of are like, "Okay, so, but with this college football ranking, it's like every week, it's like we have another reason to kind of hate a group of people who pick the four specialist without any sort of real measurable, you know, judicial way. Like there's no well, they objective do have a judicial way. way. It, just, it just changes every single year on why they, uh, they yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not objective. Let's, that's that. Maybe that's the way it's not objective. It's not. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's subjective. They go, well, this team might be better than that team. How? They've got one loss. This team doesn't have any losses. You play who's on your schedule. Anyway. Imagine that novel concept. You, you play who's on your schedule. If you're, un, if you are an undefeated conference champion, I don't know how you, they keep you out of the playoff. Cause you know, Alabama has one loss anyway. So moving forward. Uh, this week was kind of a big week in college football, and we'd like to give up our, our weekly awards, kind of bachelor style here. It's the name of our show. So we're going to give out roses this week. Uh, Ryan, uh, who does your rose go to? Uh, my rose is going to Sam Howell, the quarterback at, uh, quarterback at North Carolina. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but UNC beats Wake. Our fighting Dave Clawson's, uh go down. <laughs> 58-55, just an insane game. Sam Howell finishes with 216 passing yards, 104 rushing yards, three total touchdowns, um, was making plays all over the field. Uh, UNC was down by 17, 18, I think, in the second half. They were down by 14 going into the third quarter or into the fourth quarter um, and outscored Wake 24-7 in that final frame. So yeah, somebody joked that uh, North Carolina just got the ACC's best non-conference win. It's true. It's true. Because <laughs> uh, it was a non-conference game, so Wake's still undefeated in a conference play, which is interesting. But um, 
you know, North Carolina was a team like I like and respect the teams that are still playing hard, especially the highly ranked teams that kind of have disappointed. And UNC was four and four. They had really nothing to play for in that game and um, came out and played well. So I give Sam Howell from UNC my weekly rose. Okay. Uh, Lucas, who's your weekly rose? Well, we already kind of talked about them, but I'm giving it out to uh, the Purdue Boilermakers for uh, taking down Michigan State. Um, second top three team that they've taken down this year after they took Iowa down a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'm just, I'm just kind of happy for their program. Uh, Purdue was always, when I was growing up, was always, they were never like a, a national title contender, but they were at least fun. They were kind of one of the first teams to really embrace the spread offense. And they're kind of back to that. Uh, Jeff Brom kind of had some good stuff going his first couple of years, the last two years, a lot of it due to injury, they just were not very good. Um, but they seem to be doing, I mean, they did a reverse flea flicker, like halfback screen that went for like 60 yards and they scored a touchdown. And Jeff Brom said in the press conference, they stole that off of a high school highlight tape that they saw from a recruit. Um. So they're just a bunch. They're just a ton of fun to watch when they get going. Um, we'll see what they can do, though. I mean, this is also a team that also lost to Minnesota, only scored 13 points against Illinois and beat by four. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do, especially this week against Ohio State. I might be teasing something there for our, our picks coming up here. But um, really excited for the Boymakers. They got the three games left. They're already going bowl, and then they're they're fun again. So giving it to the to the Patty. guys that lost less stuff yet. Yeah, so I I kind of went out of the box for my uh, for my rose this week. Um, my rose goes to any coach in the eleven year period that ESPN did their report on on dead money in college sports. Any coach who collected any of the four hundred and two point three million dollars over the eleven year period for coaches who were not coaching at those programs but still getting paid. Who is who is number one? Was it Auburn? Yes, were it was Auburn. Yes, it was Auburn. Like, insane, man. It yeah, just, so, just insane. Okay, so here's, so here's what I'll tell, say about college football. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, okay? Some of these programs are just like, nope, I'm going to fire the coach. Like, something, Arizona State's one of these top offenders, and they're paying, like, Todd Graham, like, $11 million when he wasn't on staff. Like, what? Oh, remember we talked about earlier that Kevin Sumlin was the highest paid coach in college football this year? Right. <laughs> Because it was two buyouts, right? But this is, but this is, but this is the thing. Like that, that to me is the sounding of a bell for a really either one, a sport economy that is not sustainable, or two, there is so much money being funneled into college sports. It's kind of stupid because I would be willing to bet that even the NFL is not playing coaches that kind of dead money. No. Well, like. Let's just talk about this, right? Ed, Ed Orgeron wins a national championship, and less than 24 months later, he's fired. Dan Mullen won the SEC East last year. And, like, oh, by the way, had to replace Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, and a bunch of other good players. And they're underachieving this year, and now Dan Mullen likely is going to be gone. And I get it, like, these coaches don't help themselves and some of the stories that you hear about Ed and stuff, but... These schools now, I mean, look at Florida State. They fired Willie Taggart midway through year two. Like, if you're not showing really good progress by year two, like, you're getting canned. And then the next guy, I mean, how many coaches is Florida State paying? I mean, I guess they 
technically fired Jimbo. He left, but like it's insane to me. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's yeah. that. That's who gets my rose this week because that's a good one. Yeah. Well, you got to figure yeah. like, and college basketball is almost as dumb. But when you realize that that almost a half a billion dollars over a ten year span is being paid to people to not do a job, like if you can get that job, like. Well, and the, and the only reason this happens, like you don't see this in the NFL because NFL coaches basically cannot leave their contract to go to another NFL team. Um, so these these colleges have to incentivize it for these coaches to not go or for other universities not to coach them. So you get these crazy ass buyouts uh, or just encourage other coaches to come. It's, it's just madness. You wish you had some type of system in place to maybe prevent this but then again it's not my money it's these boosters and they don't seem to care about spending it so i don't think it's a big issue yeah oh so pretty crazy pretty crazy all right so moving on to the favorite part of the show uh picks uh ryan it was not a good week on the rose bros farm do we do we uh do we want to? Uh, you know what? We'll just we'll just get into it. You know what? Um, just talk really fast, Brian. Two and seven as a as a syndicate for us. Uh, I went one and two. Patrick one and two. Lucas zero oh and three. What's the what, um, the what do the standings look like? So Patrick is in first place at seventeen and ten. Lucas is in second at sixteen and eleven, and I am fifteen and twelve. So we're all within a game of each other. It's gonna be Ruh, close. Ruh, 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 um, basically, Lucas and I both picked. Both locked up Michigan State. That was a loss. Patrick locked up Georgia minus 37 and a half. Loss barely, that, though. That, that wedding is horseshit. I, uh, I... <laughs> the uh, Missouri Tigers lost by 37, unfortunately. Uh, all of us picked upsets that did not happen. UNC, uh, USC did not cover the nine and a half against ASU. Wake Forest lost outright by three. Wake also a bit of a bad beat. They were plus two and a half. They lost by three. And then Texas plus six and a half never a doubt for Iowa State. <laughs> My Service Academy under was a winner, even though it went to overtime, and I was a little nervous, most of it. Uh, under 37.5 and Air Force Army was a win. Patrick got a win in Ole Miss minus 9.5. And, and Lucas 0-3, Baylor minus 6.5, upset by the Gary Patterson-less TCU Horn Frogs. <laughs> All right, so let's, so let's get into it uh, as far as some picks this week, and then we'll – We'll play another fun round of Patty's picks because you know that's what we love to do. All right, so uh, Ryan, what's your? Uh, let's start with locks. Let's start locks. Let's let's start with. We got to talk about what we're feeling confident in this week. I Ryan, am. Give, give your lock. What are you locking up? I lost my last two locks, so I think this is where it gets me back on track. I'm going to take an over sixty-six and a half in Wake Forest, NC State. Not enough points. Wake has not scored below 30 all season. I don't think Wake has allowed fewer than 30 all season as well. I think this will be like a 38-35, 41-35 kind of a game. I think it gets into the 70s. My lock of the week, over 66.5 in Wake Forest and NC State. Perfect. Lucas, do you got a lock for us? Yeah, mine is also going to be a uh, – or no, my lock is um, – actually, I'm going to be taking – Arkansas minus two and a half on the road going to Death Valley and LSU. 
I, I'm just kind of feeling LSU gave all the rest of the energy they had in the season in that game last week against Alabama. Um, they lost. They're now four and five. There's probably a good chance of not making a bowl game. They really, but they also have to win this game probably to get to a bowl game. But I also just think Arkansas better. Um, so I like them minus two and a half on the road at LSU. Cause I think LSU could, this could be that where they finally are just depleted and just go home. My lock this week, I'm actually locking in an upset. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lock in Michigan plus one and a half on the road at Penn state. Um, I think Michigan is just, they're pissed off. They lost to Michigan state. And then I do believe they went and sat on a bye for two weeks. No, they beat Indiana. No, they, I know they beat that. Indiana this so week. They, okay, so they okay. beat Indiana. Okay, so they beat Indiana. That's fine. Get yourself some good practice in against an Indiana team that is not impressive in any facet of the game. And you come in, and I think we know that a Harbaugh coach team may not win pretty, but can win. And I think honestly, I think the money line on them is like minus one hundred two. So there's not a lot of money to be made here. But I get plus one and a half on the road. I'm taking the Michigan Wolverines because I'm buying in, baby. We'll see. They, hey, Harbaugh got his first win as a road underdog as Michigan's head coach this year. He was, I think, 0-12 as a road as a road dog in his career at Michigan. He finally got against Wisconsin this year. We'll see if he can get number two against Penn State. So that's my lock. I'm taking Michigan because I think Michigan wins outright. But be that as it may. All right. Uh what, okay, so let's just do our baseline picks where we just kind of pick some games. Uh, Lucas, do you got a good pick for us this week? Um, I do. I'm actually going to take the uh, the under uh, 58 and a half uh, for Iowa State, Texas Tech. Um, just for the fact that uh, I don't think Texas Tech is obviously very good. They're coming off. Uh, you know, they fired their head coach just a couple weeks ago. Um, I just don't think this is going to be a huge offensive game. Iowa State has a very good defense. We saw what they did to Texas this past week. I could see this on the road where, you know, uh, Iowa State just cruises to like a 31 to 14 type win. So I'm going to take the under 15 and a half for Texas, or Iowa State at Texas Tech. What was the number? 58 or 50? 58 and a half. Okay, that's what I thought. So my pick this week, um, I'll let, then I'll let Ryan go last year on picks. My pick this week, I'm going to take Arizona State laying five and a half at Washington. Um, for a couple reasons, okay. For a couple reasons, one, Washington got a kind of exhaustive loss against Oregon. Like they got up to play in that game, and they gave Oregon pretty much everything they had, and it was closer than it probably should have been. That doesn't lend itself to being successful the following week. Um, you're burnt out. Practice probably isn't going as well. You played, got a tough loss, and I think Arizona State finally got that good win. Um, they went in. They were nine and a half point favorites. Ryan decided that nine and a half was just a little too rich for his blood. First of all, <laughs> they scored to cover in less than two minutes to go in the game. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. They still covered, right? I don't want to talk about it. Would you have felt better they covered in the first two minutes of the game? Because it's I will I will I will not be commenting on, on anything else related to Arizona State. Thank you very much. <laughs> so but I think Arizona State I will not be commenting anymore with their oh sorry. <laughs> I think Arizona State got that good feel good win. Uh, and I think going into 
and they kind of re they reevaluated like okay here's our identity and I think when you go on the road you want to pack your defense you want to pack your run game and I think Herm is going to have those guys doing that um I still think Herm should retire at the end of the year this is not an endorsement of Herm Edwards this is just an endorsement of I think Arizona State wins that game by six or more points <laughs> just want to be clear Right. Well, and I mean, listen, Patrick also buried the lead that Washington fired their OC and their coaches suspended for, <laughs> yeah. and their coaches suspended for this game. They don't, they don't have a head coach or an OC. That, though, that might work in their advantage because John Donald was pretty <laughs> awful. <laughs> I am, uh, as I told you guys before on the uh, before we started to to, uh, to press record, I'm 0-5 betting ASU this year. 0-5 betting on or against the Sun Devils. I, them in Illinois, they're stayaways. Will not be betting them at all. If only ASU and Illinois could meet in a bowl game, oh. we would have to. Bet oh, that. we would have we would have a we we would have an hour long. Like, let's break down every position group, every line, every uh. every, every parlay. Man, you would have to take uh, you would have to take the total. It would have to be the under under. Oh, dude. Uh, oh man, we we we'd have we'd have prop bets. Who wins the coin toss? Like, let's go. All right, Ryan. Um, uh, what's your pick this week? My uh, my pick this week is an under. I'm going under 59 and a half in LSU Arkansas. Um, kind of a, a little bit like Lucas. Just I just think it's too many points. Um, LSU has been having a hard time scoring. Arkansas, I think, wants both these teams are slow tempo teams. For this to get to 60, I either need a blowout or I need. Both teams to get to 30, like that doesn't seem likely. So I am, uh, I know Lucas took Arkansas. I'm locking up the under 59, I'm picking, excuse me, the under 59 and a half in that game. Perfect. And then last but not least, upsets. Uh, my upset for the week, I'm taking uh, Old Miss at home plus two and a half. Um, Matt Corral. All Matt Corral everything. This is a pro Matt Corral podcast. And honestly, I I think I like Texas A&M. But again, every time I look at Ole Miss and I think Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin, let's see if they can score some points. Texas A&M has done this all year, gone up and down, gone up and down. So maybe Ole Miss gets lucky and says, hey, loses by, you know, a point here. Or maybe they went out right. I don't know. But I'm taking Ole Miss plus two and a half. Lucas? I'm actually surprised at a home underdog, but uh, I am actually going to be in the Big Ten, and uh, I'm going with the the Kingslayers this week. I feel like I may regret this, but uh, I'm actually taking uh, Purdue plus 20 and a half on the road at Ohio State. Um, Largely, I think Purdue's running with a lot of momentum, um, especially the way Aiden O'Connell and David Bell um, have been able to hook up. And I just... I'm interested to see how Ohio State's defense plays them. It's been a unit that has improved, but we saw them struggle at the beginning of the year, especially giving up big plays. Um, so I am intrigued to see what they do. I do think this could be a very high-scoring game between both of these teams because I don't really see Purdue's, uh, Purdue gave up a lot of yards, a lot of points to Michigan State. I think they're going to do the same to Ohio State, but I think this is a game maybe it's relatively close. Uh, but I could see Ohio State maybe just eking out by like 17. So I'm going to take uh, Purdue plus 20 and a half on the road in the shoot. I like that. Um, I I think that's a uh, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. I mean, 
if Purdue beats Ohio State, man, God, golly, uh, I'm picking a game. Actually, I believe this is a so so a so Purdue. So if Purdue beats Ohio State, they're in the college football playoff, right? Like that's just how that works. I think I think they should be in already. That's my hot take, but that's you know <laughs> yeah. clearly because clearly um, college football playoff doesn't care about what your hot takes are, right? Obviously not. Give me um. Get get Paula give, on the line. Give me uh give me UNC plus six and a half at Pitt. Uh, I think it's a Thursday or Friday game. Um, How is North Carolina you, an underdog in that game? Well, it's at Pitt. Um, Pitt rebounded from the loss to Miami with the big one over Duke. But I think UNC's playing pretty well. Um, played a competitive game against Notre Dame. Only lost by 10. Excuse me. On the road. <coughs> excuse me. Um, you beat Wake Forest last week. So I think UNC's playing well. And... I don't know if they can mathematically make the ch- the ACC title game anymore, but a chance to spoil Pitt. So I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take UNC plus six and a half. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so we're gonna do my favorite segment, which we always call Patty's Picks, where we pick stupid college football games so you don't have to. All right, so the first one out of the gate. I had some good ones. I had some good ones. Okay. So we are going to go to Houston at Temple. Okay. (laughs) Houston at Temple. Temple is a 24 and a half point favorite, but that's not my favorite part. Or a 24 and a half point dog. Yeah. 24 and a half point dog. That's not my favorite point. Uh, The over under is only 54 and a half. Okay, so, boys, over, under, Houston at Temple, 54 and a half. That's tough because, because I think Houston will score points in this game. I just don't know if Temple will. Um, I was just listening to a, a pod earlier today, um, and the main guy on there was basically just saying that he was taking Houston all day in this game because he thinks – he thinks Temple is basically quit on its head coach right now. Um, I mean, their lot, their last, there's the last four games. They lost Cincinnati 52 to three. USF, who's not good at all, they lost them 34 to 14. UCF 49 to seven, and then they lost Eastern Carolina 45 to three. Um, so that's where I would be fearful because I think Houston's better than pretty much all those teams besides Cincinnati. I just don't know if Temple would score. I could see Houston scoring 40 <laughs> points, but I don't know if I could see uh, Temple doing it. Um, so if I were to lean, I'd probably go to the unders because I just don't see how Temple would score. Unless you're trusting Houston. Under as well. Okay, yeah. so Ryan hits the under. All right, now this line was brought up as far as a game that we should have picked, but I think it's uh, too interesting not to discuss. Now, this is one of the greatest scheduling anomalies in the history of the world. It is that random November game where everybody else is playing conference, but for some reason, Alabama, that's right, I said Alabama gets to play the Sisters of the Blind. So, you guys can pick either the money line, or not the money line, you can either pick the over-under, or you can take the points. Alabama is laying 51.5, the over-under is 67.5. Ryan, it's an it's an it's an under for me because I don't think New Mexico will score more than six points, and it's it's I I will take New Mexico State to cover fifty one. 
personally. I, I mean, I don't really have much reasoning. I'm not going to sit there and break down why New Mexico State has the advantages other than they're not going to lose by 50 points. At least not in my opinion. So. I mean, that's just such a 51 points. Man, how, how can you feel as a team going into that game and you're like, they literally think we're a pile of crap. Like, well, they expect us to lose by seven touchdowns. I will take Bama. I will lay the points. Minus 51, I think, coming off of the it's, way it's they fi- played. Uh, not, not, to, not to be clear, but it's 51 and a half. Okay, so I, I'll take you whatever. I'll take the 51 and a half. Because um, New Mexico State is not going to score. This will be a shutout. And I think you're going to see Alabama pissed. And a lot of these games are largely – their players are done playing like halfway through the first half. But you get these young guys who are looking to prove, maybe want to get playing time for next year. I'm going to take it because I could see Alabama be in by 60. And I'm just doing it just to be fun. I would no way in hell bet on this. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take Bama just to see what happens. Okay, and then my last one here. Um, because I got talked out of betting them last week um, by you guys, which I appreciate you for you be costing me a game. Um, out of the Pac-12, okay? We love big, stupid Pac-12 lines. Um, and we're going to go, I think we're going to go on a little trip down to Tucson. Where whoa. I, whoa. Utah laying 24 and a half at the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona gets their first win in what feels like a hundred years. Um, I'm going to take Utah and lay the points. I, I mean, not that I am. I mean, I feel good for you, but get, I feel like they got their first win kind of out of uh, Patrick. Can you put the microphone away from here? Yeah. <laughs> it's like talking to Darth Vader for a second. Um, I think UNLV, they're playing really, or um, Utah is playing really good football. And I, I think they had a good win against Stanford. Another quarterback got injured for U of A. I think they kind of used up all the juice to beat Cal. I think Utah wins this game by 30 points, 31. So I will take, uh, I'll take Utah. Okay, Lucas, you get to, you get to pick the over under, which is at 54 and a half. Um, that's, I mean, Freaking Utah put up 52 on Stanford this past week. Um, I, mean, I think U of A is really bad. They really only beat Cal Sit, yeah, like you guys mentioned, 25 players out, I think, with COVID. Um, I'm going to take the under. I could now, see it where it's like 35-7 or something like that or 42-7. Now, Arizona, they did have a marketing campaign where they said they had the best home field in all of the Pac-12. Do you buy into that? To know for me, dog. <laughs> I love how, like all these teams, like they'll say like most innovative or most unique. Like you just anyone can say what they want. Uh, uh, they number see one, stadium no, and there's thirty thousand people in it. Like it's half full, and it's like no one supports us like our fans. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Well, that's it for Patty's picks. Um, there weren't there weren't as many fun games this week with dumb lines, but. I think that I think we did some good. Is there anything else you guys want to leave our listeners with? Any any thoughts? I got, a, I, I got a Ryan's pick, and I need to make Lucas. I need to get him on the record right now. Clemson, <laughs> okay. Clemson minus forty and a half against UConn. 
Do you trust Clemson to be a 40-point favorite against another FBS team? No. No. You take UConn? Yeah, I'll take UConn. Okay, Lucas, I want you to log I into I want you to log into your app right now and put at least five dollars on UConn to cover. No, no. Now I was talking about money. Talking about I, I money. Bet, I have faded UConn pretty much all year. I took I took Purdue as a thirty five point favorite against UConn, and they did cover. But um, yeah, Clemson. Uh, I just can their offense score forty points. I know it's UConn, but. I, yeah, I, I would not. I would stay clear away from that. Thank you for your time, Lucas. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we haven't talked Clemson a lot because they have not been, you know. They're just kind of irrelevant at this point. They're just, yeah. they are. They're like every other team that's not like in the top 10 right now. I, I remember. I mean, they, re- I, they, they went against Louisville this past week. I remember, I remember reading an article probably like, nine ten months ago where it was like clemson's ready to be the next great powerhouse in college football and now you look back on it you go really is that what we're talking about i mean they kind of were they they, they have one down year this is not i don't think this is an indictment on Dabo sweeney at all they have one and i mean they they still technically could play in the hc championship they have wick after this game against uconn that probably is the game that's going to decide Potentially um, the ACC uh, Atlantic, potentially if uh, NC State messes up this this next weekend. Okay, then real question: Is the ACC Atlantic division isn't that a redundancy in name? The Atlantic Coast Conference Atlantic. Well, it's like the the Mountain West. Oh my God! Divisions <laughs> are the Mountain West. I was just gonna say the same thing, Lucas. The mountain. They were like, they're like Air Force is leading the Mountain West Mountain Division. Cena goes face leading the Mountain West West Division. <laughs> Imagine if like the Big Ten had a big division and ten divisions. Like, hey, I'll one up you. What if they call them leaders and legends? Nah, I would never do that. <laughs> Why would they give them such a stupid name? And no one can uh, figure out what the team, which teams were in what. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> hey, at least they've done it this whole time, and we just have never really talked about it. The Atlantic and the Coastal, and the Mountain and the West Division. Yeah, the That's- Atlantic and the Coastal, and the Atlantic Coastal Conference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they call them the Atlantic and the Coastal. Patrick, you ever think of that? I know that's why they call them, but I think it's stupid. It's like, if, it's only, like- if only the SEC had the South and the East Division. Instead of the east and the, the west, west. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you order the chicken fried chicken, you're like, "Fuck, dude, it's just chicken, man." It's, <laughs> and that is your parting wisdom for the night. So, any 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 other thoughts? Any final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with here? Well, we've got a couple more minutes. No, I, I just wanted to make sure Lucas had an on the record pick for UConn because we talked about we talked about the UConn Clemson plus, game for like months. I'll take I'll take UConn plus what are they forty and a half. I'll I'll take Clemson. Just a little gentleman's bet. A little <laughs> little gentleman's bet. I'll take Clemson minus forty and a half. Okay. Uh, well, we will we will see the results of that bet next week on. Running for the roses, uh, but for this week, um, I think we had a pretty good show, boys. You agree? Yeah, real nice show. Um, we we are, are a little sapped of energy because you know 
it's later at night for some of us and for some of us it's the same time of day but earlier in the night i don't understand how daylight saving times works but but for the uh legendary team of ryan bathalukas and lucas roadie i am patrick wagner stay safe stay frosty stay healthy and uh go devils Woo!